Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's not to say that, you know, the building would have been grazing the bottoms of planes or anything of the case, but it was for emergency purposes in case something happened with the flight. And then the government had to very quietly go back and amend the MZO to kind of take away that portion of it to no longer allow that huge skyscraper to avoid, you know, any kind of issues with the flight path. Colin DeMello speaking with Greg Brady this morning about just the latest wrinkle for the premier to be dealing with and uh, a tool that he always tells us is meant to speed up building and yet has been snagged by silly mistakes. And this is a story Global News uh, learned about this morning, but the uh, Ford government now being forced to scale back these MZOs. And you're like, why am I hearing about these now every single day? What the hell is an MZO? Uh, I didn't know either. But they're uh, called Minister's Zoning Order. And basically what it does is allows the premier to give them out and go around uh, overriding and replacing planning decisions that are made on local councils. And the idea, you know, cut through the levels of bureaucracy to get stuff built. And it's not happening this way. Because as Colin explained with Greg Brady this morning, one of these orders was given out to developer and then it had to be kind of scrapped because the builders got permission to build a skyscraper in the path of, of Pearson Airport. I don't know how you missed. That's not a small thing, eh? Like, what do you think of this angle? Yeah, I think it would look great there. Yep, move that plane out of the way and maybe we can get a better... Oh, no, those planes are on the way blocking our view. Oh, yeah, maybe it won't work here. No, I think it works here. Well, no, it doesn't. If there are planes in the way, I don't know how that gets missed. It's a pretty big screw-up. But how many more mistakes would be made with uh, rushing these things out? Let's talk to Isaac Callen, online digital broadcast journalist for Global News, because you were working on this as well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Break this down for us. Why do we care? Um, well, we care because this is a key planning tool that the Ford government has used very heavily. And I think opposition politicians at Queen's Park, for example, are trying to tie the use of minister zoning orders, these pretty powerful planning tools that allow the province to override local municipalities. They're trying to tie that to the Greenbelt scandal, and they're trying to tie it to the controversy around the urban boundaries in cities, which the province also recently reversed. They're basically trying to say this is another tool the Ford government is using that is potentially benefiting some developers and causing issues in the planning process under its pitch to build 1.5 million homes. And the, the current housing minister, the new housing minister, who was appointed after Steve Clark resigned during the summer, is, is in the process of reviewing all of these ministers' zoning orders. Mm. The province has issued more than 100 of them. And he has said he's in the process of going through each and every one to decide if they meet his standards, if they make sense, if changes need to be made, or like in this case, which to be fair was reversed by the previous minister, they need to be scrapped because there are some pretty severe problems with them, which the traditional planning process might have caught because it's a lot longer and a lot more thorough. Yeah. Um, do we know how many, I mean, Ford's not the only one who's given these things out, but do you know, um, you know how much time they generally cut? Have we got the kind of data to say whether or not they actually do help um, expedite building? It's a complicated question because each planning project is different, but 
they are a very, very blunt, but also very effective tool in terms of speeding up the planning process because they take out so many of the early stages. They take out the sorts of parts of the planning process that tie local councils up mm-hmm. in months of engagement, things like you know shadow studies and four or five public meetings over the location of a building. And in certain situations, they were seen, and this is not a, this is not a PC planning tool, this is a tool that was used by the, the Liberal government as well before, but much, much more rarely. Um, there are situations where governments have argued fairly convincingly that it's needed to break the logjam. Say, you know, a local resident group perhaps is so opposed to a project and so well organized despite it having planning merit that they're holding it up in bureaucracy forever. That's basically what the tool was designed for. Yeah, get rid of the NIMBY. Get rid of the NIMBY and, and, and go past it. The question Break the logjam when it has to be. And what the Ford government is accused of doing, particularly by the opposition, is using it just to speed up any project that it wants to get moving fast, whether or not it has gone through the planning process. And the NZO in Mississauga is an interesting example because the developer, Caniff, hadn't really started its process with the city at all, we understand, when it went to the province to get the NZO. So it wasn't that they'd been stuck in years of planning back and forth over this tower that happens to have been an emergency flight path. It was that they basically just went straight to Queen's Park and said, can you speed this up for us? And those are the kind of uses of the NZO that are getting the most criticism because it doesn't appear to be about just speeding up local planning. Critics would say it's just about skipping the process altogether. Yeah. I mean, uh, far be it for me to be the one. I mean, I, I like little bureaucracy, so I'm happy cutting as much as we can. But I also know that there has to be some kind of control mechanism. Um, are we to suggest maybe with this building of a, you know, near Pearson Airport, was there any consultation done on that? Or had it not been caught, would this thing have gone up and then been flagged after the fact? So my understanding is that the standard municipal consultation hadn't taken place. There hadn't been a town hall meeting, things like that. And as we understand it as well, it's it's not that that then took place. It's that Pearson Airport was forced to basically take the province aside and say, <laughs> Sorry, you've you've approved a building in a flight path, um, which is is going to be a problem for us. And I think the other thing about this, and we're getting a little inside baseball, but the areas around Pearson Airport are considered airport operation zones, right. and they have a whole set of local planning tools around them anyway. Not just the emergency flight path elements, but issues with noise and um, industrial, you know, lots of logistics, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's a planning rules that govern the areas around the airport, which local municipal planning staff tend to know like the back of their hand, but it's the sort of thing that staff at the Ministry of Housing might be less familiar with because they're not the local planners. So I think that's one of the other examples with this particular project is the local planning rules that are in place for this area likely would have knocked this on the head much earlier on because they're designed to deal with these sorts of requests and these sorts of issues. So are these zoning orders that that the ministers can hand out, is this special power designed for housing? Or is it more designed uh, to get stuff like bigger infrastructure projects like hospitals, uh, community centers? W- what are they for? Or is it either or? It can be used for both. It's either or. So, I mean, one government used it uh, previously for um, a, a kind of a trucking logistics operation up in Caledon. This Ford government is making a big point of how they're using them for long-term care homes because they're, they're a big priority. And then they're also using them for mixed development housing, housing over transit, really it's just designed for when the local planning process is perceived to have failed or to have slowed things down to the point they, they can't be built. And that's where this tool is more complicated because it doesn't really have a codified set of times that it should be used or shouldn't be used. For example, originally the province said that it would only be using the NZO tool if local councils approved it. Right. They were 
basically saying if local councillors come to us and say they can't get this built as quickly as they would like, we'll do it for them. So a couple of years ago, Mississauga wanted to build a film studio and the land it was in didn't have the right zoning and the builder for the studio was basically ready to go. And so local council asked the province, could you step in, override the planning to allow this film studio to get on the road quicker because it will create local jobs for us. So I think that's one of the examples of how the NZO tool is sort of meant to be used, as it were, and localized. But then about a year and a half later, um, a, an NZO was issued for Lakeview Village, a 16,000 unit development on the waterfront in Mississauga. And that NZO was issued without city council ever asking for it or even being told that it was going to come. Mm. And technically, both those uses of the tool are allowed under the Planning Act. So there's a lot of room for interpretation, a room for your, room for your own personal views, your political um, agenda or your, your kind of uh, understanding of the planning process, really. It's a very, very powerful, very, very broad tool that doesn't really have a playbook. Yeah. Um, and when it works, it's great. And when it doesn't, well, you've got a building in front of planes. Just quickly before I let you go, Isaac, um, do we know if now 100, like, are they all, I know that Calandra is looking at all 100, but are they now going to have to kind of put a pause on everything and, and go through these? So the review is taking place alongside the MZOs. Nothing has currently been frozen. Nothing has been paused. The line we're getting from the government is that he's reviewing every single one of them. We've not heard anything more from that since then, but I think we're expecting given the announcement we had on the Greenbelt and then the announcement we had on urban boundaries, yeah. I think we're at least expecting the government to come out and say, we've looked at them all and maybe there's one or two we're not comfortable with or we've looked at them all, we're fine with them all and this is why. They're, the government is making a real effort to try and draw a line under the last couple of years of controversial housing decisions. And so I think even if all the MZOs stand, I think we can expect to be given a little bit more communication about why they're standing and maybe how the tool will be used going forwards. Stay tuned. All right, Isaac, thank you for breaking it down. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Isaac uh, Callen uh, joining us with what he and Colin DeMello have been digging into. And yeah, we're going to be hearing a lot about kind of how the sausage is made and the sausage was made uh, wrong in this case. So uh, if there wasn't the Greenbelt scandal, maybe it wouldn't have um, gone as noticed. But no question, it is. So we'll see if the premier comes out and says anything later today or the minister himself.